Welcome back to The Right Angle. G-Man, I was just thinking, what other podcast in the country, if not the world, will occasionally grace its audience with a bonus episode like we did last week? I think we should really give ourselves a, a raise and or a round of applause. I, I definitely think that's uh, worthy of an applause that went on there, especially with what you were talking about, which yeah. is what everyone needs to listen to occasionally in yep. society today. Uh, yep. The Ten Commandments, absolutely. Yep. Yep. We'll look, look forward yep. to uh, further discussions with you and others on those. And I, I think I didn't really stop and think about this until afterwards, but even though the four of us that were on there were very close in more ways than one, we could have little disagreements and differing opinions and yet still be on the same team, whereas the leftists... If you go an inch off of their line and don't tow it, you know, right down to the nth degree, you get canceled or you get booted or you get shamed or something. And I think increasingly that's really the big difference between the conservatives, which seem to be casting a wider and wider net and getting a lot of Hispanics and blacks and just common sense people and the lunatics that they're just they seem to be just grasping at straws. I think you're right. I, I think it's. The left is actually kind of scaring people with with their antics and their thoughts and what they're trying to do. I was talking to my wife earlier tonight, and I said that they have come up with absolutely 100% zero solutions to anything that's going on in the United States of America for the American people. Nothing have they done, have they come up with a solution for it's just been all misery and, you know, as in Biden's Christmas thing when oh, he said, gosh. if you're not vaccinated, you're going to die. You know, really? You know, how come you're not dead? Anyway. <laughs> you heard the latest. He has what yesterday he said he has cancer, but today he has COVID. He really has. I don't know if you heard that, but he tested positive this morning. He said he had. Oh, oh I see. He said he had cancer, but it was COVID. Apparently, he was talking, he had some press conference, he was talking about oil and where he grew up. He goes, ah, that's why so many of my friends and I have cancer now. And it, it was like no one paid any attention to it, which I assume is because he didn't know what he was talking about. But yeah, he, he tested positive today after that strenuous trip and disastrous to the Middle East. And, uh, and you heard that while he was gone, Gavin Newsom went to the White House and was like, chumming up with his wife and Pelosi and who knows what those guys are cooking up. They're they're cooking up another stolen election, if anything, because none of them should be reelected for what they've done, which is nothing. I think it will be a big red wave. I think they will be completely washed over with it. And I, I'm counting the days until that happens. I haven't listened to the news, and you can tell me anything you want, and I won't know it except that, sadly, uh, Donald Trump's ex-wife passed on oh, after yeah. she tripped down some stairs or something like that. I asked if uh, if Hillary uh, Clinton was around <laughs> when that happened because you never know with her. People wind yeah. up dead that she is doesn't that, like. Is that so, really what happened? I, that, that's what I heard. Oh, really? I, 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 I think, didn't hear anything I, I think I heard that, that she oh. fell down some stairs and... and she must have hit her head or I don't know what. Oh, wow. But, okay. But uh, whatever it was, it wasn't good. So Yeah. Which yeah. is too bad. Yeah, for sure. And she was his first wife. And then was he married again before Melania, right? I don't or I don't not. know what his. Uh, I think she. he's only been married twice. I'm not sure on okay. that. But I didn't. I don't remember a second wife in between yeah. there. So. Cause he, um, because. Because. Baron, he's got to be close to 20 now. And so they've been obviously married for 20 years. So yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe I would, I think, I think he's only been married twice. Okay. So. Well, first out of the gate, uh, give us the reunion summary and sort of any takeaways you had in terms of conversations or just kind of the, the feel of the room or if there was much talk about that or was it most about the good old days? It was about pretty much the, the good old days. I did have one interesting 
conversation with one of my classmates. Uh, he had come in, he was hunched over, and he was had this big walking cane with him, and he was up against the wall. So I went over, and, I, and I'll, let's see, I'll, I'll call him um, Quasimodo. Okay. I'll call him Quasimodo. Because yeah, yeah. okay. if he had tried out for that role, he probably would have won it with his looks. But anyway, I went up to him, and I said, hey, Quasi, how's it, how's it going? How's everything? He goes, oh, uh, we're not going to have a fight, are we, about our political beliefs? And I said, hey, you came in hunched over with a cane. It wouldn't be much of a fight to begin with. I'd pound your butt right here. I said, but no, I'm not going to. I'm not like you people where you're instantly aggressive about things like that. I said, um, what, do, what do you think of your, your, your people on the left and what they're doing? And I, I said, what about inflation? And he said, well, there is that. And, and right from there, I said, okay, I'm done. You know, you're going to admit that you've made inflation go up to 14% or whatever it is now. And, you know, what else can he say? It's the borders. It's, you know, the yeah. gas prices. And I said, well, he's a leftist. And I said, so how's everything else going with you? You know, you got to do that. It's mm -hmm. an obligatory thing, you know, before you leave quickly. Anyway, he said, uh, he says, I got a 37-year-old hard body after me. And I'm thinking, is she blind or mentally, you know, challenged or, uh, you know, what? And I said, really? Really? You have a 37-year-old hard body after you? He said, he said, yep. I said, well, what's she up to? And he said, she's in prison. I go, oh, really? She's in prison for what? Uh, making meth. <laughs> so your 37-year-old hard body that you th say is after you is a meth head who's in prison. I said, when she get out? March. March of next year? Yep. I'm going to ask for conjugal visits while she's in prison. And I said, well, I'm going to go throw up. And when I get back, we'll, we'll continue this conversation. And, and it's like this guy's... Life has been total misery, and it's just—I I hate to say that—but it's—it's just been from the time I knew him until I just saw him last week. Yeah, it's like he—he's had two DUIs. I said, "How'd you get here, Uber?" <laughs> okay, wow, you're, you know, you're one of the classy classmates. Um, and so then I went and vomited, and uh, he went off to do was, something else. Was he one of the people that you had mentioned last week that you might run into? No. Or, okay. Uh, he was. He was. I did not think that I would see him. I did hear that he had gotten married, and I that just blew me away because truly, truly, he does look like the Quasimodo in the cartoon. Uh -huh. That was the feature film or whatever it was, you know, really close to it. And I, I just um, thought that he was, you know, off this planet most wow. of the time. But anyway, they said he got married. So that's why I wanted to ask. I said, did you get married? No, no, I didn't get married. And then I go, okay, well, sanity still is in our society a little bit. <laughs> so um, anyway, you know, all of that stuff in a, in a five-minute conversation and it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's just so perfect. <laughs> a leftist that dates a meth head who's in prison, can't wait for her to get out and, and do what? I don't know. But oh, my goodness. Anyway. Wow. So what overall was it, a, would you say it was a success? Do you have any tips for reunioners uh, that are planning or thinking of going to theirs? Yes, I, I have one, and that's... Uh, Make sure that the classmate that plans it is a millionaire uh, because my <laughs> classmate is a millionaire and he spent a whole ton of money on this reunion Yeah, on his own. Uh, it was unbelievable. He bought, he bought all sorts of candy from the early 70s oh, wow. that was That's back cool. in there. He yeah. had a huge banner made. Uh, you, as you'll recall, our alumni changed the name. Well, he yeah. put up a big one of what the old one was oh, that's cool. up in front, uh, right where everyone comes in to sign in and whatnot. Oh, and, nice. uh, he had, he, he had fillets, he had oh. giant shrimp. 
<laughs> as much as you wanted. Oh he my had gosh. Uh, pasties. He had. He just he just put on an amazing. And then he then he hired a band uh, to play at the thing, and uh, uh, he did a fantastic job. Just a fantastic job. Put down fifty yards of mulch around his house. Wow. To get it all looking nice and everything wow. like that, and uh, had a very good time. There were about fifty classmates out of two hundred and seventy-five, but they were fifty classmates that I wanted to talk to. Oh, good. Even Quasi, I wanted to talk to yeah. him and catch up and see, you know, if he'd been in jail or not. But uh, um, fantastic time. He, awesome. he did a great job with it, and. He just, you know, he called everybody to attention and said, hey, I'd like to thank you all for coming and, and this and that. And then somebody yelled in the back, hey, you going to do it again, so-and-so? And he goes, immediately, he said, no. <laughs> he, he put his, his heart and soul into this, yep. believe me. And, uh, and, and like I say, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we, it, was, it was from 12 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. Wow. So Man. there was a lot of uh going on in that time and yeah and, and it was great yeah so many spouses hardly any i would say maybe there were uh maybe 10 10 to maybe 15 i'm not sure i probably 10 to 15 at the most right and, I, I assume uh, not yours no no my uh my spouse has said you know because these other spouses aren't going that she yeah. usually sits with she said, I'd just be sitting there, you know, twiddling my thumbs. And right. I said, probably, you yeah. know. And yeah. then you start talking with the opposite sex. And, well, who was that? Why were you yeah. talking to them so long? <laughs> and, you know, what was her name? You know, did you date her in high school? And so on and so forth. So we alleviated that. And yeah. one interesting thing I just saw on my phone today, The there's a website for our reunion thing. And mm-hmm. uh, there's been six people that have said they contacted kung flu well over that week oh really yeah and i want to tell all of them out there if they're listening to this broadcast that a you don't have kung flu no what you have is a summer cold if you have anything at all the kung flu is gone it is no more no matter what anyone says and that's my word yeah, I'm, I'm sure whatever that test is just tests for anything and everything, so they can call it that. And I mean, the idea that California, some places are bringing back indoor mask mandates, and will people go along with them? Will they? I heard it was the superintendent of schools or something for part of San Diego was like, someone asked her, well, what if students don't feel comfortable wearing them? And she goes, well, students will have to just stay at home and learn that way. <laughs> Unbelievable! Like they didn't last time. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. No, nobody learned anything, and I don't. I think, and you know, they all go to they go to California or New York for this crap, and in California and New York, the the people that are left there, that are that didn't leave already, are the idiots. Uh, uh, my but my relatives, that's where they go, and that's where people will wear their masks and stand aside or do whatever. And I, I hear or I understand in San Jose or Santa Cruz, they have to wear them outside in Santa oh. Cruz when they're, when they're outside. I, I would, I'm dying to go to Santa Cruz <laughs> and, and I'm going to rent a limo with one of those, you know, roofs that open up on it. Yeah, and I'm yep. going to get six people and we're all going to stand up outside <laughs> and we're going to sneeze and cough all the way down the main street of Santa Cruz. When, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I was going to say, when will it end? But, well, what, uh, so that's, that's a reunion talk. And uh, before we get to my mostly trivial stuff, do you have any non, <laughs> non-trivial stuff? Or? Well, I, I listened to your wonderful uh, special edition broadcast on the Ten Commandments, and I, I happened to make a couple of notes. And unfortunately, oh, uh, Biggis uh, is not here to defend himself. Okay, but um, on the podcast, he said that he wouldn't take away what is accepted in society, and I believe he was talking about the gay marriage. Right. Uh, first of all, there is no such thing 
as now I'm not I'm not stepping on a throat about this. I'm just telling everybody yeah. there is no such thing as a gay marriage. That you can call it a union if you want to, but you are not married if you're the same sex. Period. End of subject. Everyone out there, that's the way it is. Yeah. But anyway, he he was kind of going. I don't feel like I you know I I would take away what's accepted. What's accepted by this society nowadays is wretched compared to what a real society should be accepting with things. Yep. Um, taking hor little pet horses on an airplane because they're service animals. Did you hear about that? No. Somebody took one of those little miniature horses. Yeah. Because of, now that is absolute insanity. When they do stuff like that. And if somebody brought a horse on an airplane <laughs> that I'm flying on, I would immediately get up, leave, and ask for a refund and a free ticket to where I was going. Because I'm not riding in any freight airplane with barnyard animals. <laughs> I already got to worry about the super fat people that come in and, and might sit down beside me when, yep. I'm, when they're coming down the aisle. So I'm not, I'm not going to do... I'm not going to sit next to a horse. <laughs> do you do anything psychologically or otherwise to dissuade people from sitting next to you? Like, do you give them the evil eye or do you do anything or do you just hope that I, people won't if, sit next to you? If I see you? somebody that I don't want sitting next to me coming yeah. down, I'll start talking to myself. I, usually that doesn't, that, you know, I'm way in the back of the plane anyway, you know, by the time I get in there. So I'm the one that's usually the one that has to sit next to somebody. And uh, so, but, yeah. Do you strike up many conversations on planes? I've, I, I would say maybe, maybe 30% of the time, a conversation as in like more than five minutes. Yeah. Usually I'll be reading a book. Okay. I always bring a book with me. Yeah. Because if that person is sitting next to me that I didn't want sitting next to me, I don't want to talk to them, and I, I don't want any conversation with them whatsoever. <laughs> I've never really asked, but since you mentioned books, what sort of books do you read? I've read about literally 50 books on World War II. Wow. Yeah. I, I wow. just got really, really involved with it when that D-Day book came out years ago by Stephen Ambrose. Oh, it yeah. was it was it just tweaked my interest in that stuff and i and since then what i like to do is i like to read about individual people that were in world war ii the books about them okay i don't i don't want to read something about you know Patton's strategy against rommel or anything like that yeah i want to read about the individual guy that fought the war and what it was like for him to fight it and wow. and to this day i i'm just so jazzed by the fact that most of those kids were 18 to 23 years old when they did that. Yep. That's just... And I look at the kids nowadays and I go, oh. no way, no way no. would they be able to do something like that. Are, and are those like memoirs, autobiographies, or, most, yes. or maybe like their, their kids wrote them about their parents? or No, it was all about them, them writing it, huh. except the one that I'm reading... Uh, right now, um, and it and it was written about the guy, and okay. his son interjects things into it, but it talks about because they, you know, it, it's the air war of World War II yep. that I'm reading about now, and they have records of what this guy did because he won the Congressional Medal of Honor hmm. for what he did. Hmm. By the way, he had to come out of punishment of KP to accept his Congressional Medal of Honor. Wow. Gosh. So yeah. do you read equally between the war in the Pacific and in Europe, or do you have a preference? Or I do, Europe. The war in the Pacific, to me, is too, a little too depressing for me. Yeah. It was, it was just a meat grinder. Yeah. And, um, and speaking of the war in the Pacific, strangely enough, I dated a girl. Right, I, We both went to the same school. I dated her after high school. Her father was the one that had the that shot the first howitzer in the oh. Iwo Jima War. Wow! 
or Iwo Jima battle, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was on. He was on a uh, thing they had about the war in the Pacific, and he was interviewed by the guy that did the thing, and he said, "Yes, I was the first one to, you know, shoot a cannon into the Iwo Jima island." Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. From what I haven't read a lot about. I guess the war in general, I mean, some, and I've, I've listened to stuff, but yeah, like you said, the meat grinder, what the Japanese did, and of course the Americans were not exactly saintly, but what the Japanese did, I just, I mean, it gives a whole new meaning to the term barbaric. It was just unbelievable what they did to the Americans and to the Chinese. And wow. They, <laughs> they, they liberated a camp uh, that the, the uh, Japanese had on, I can't remember which island it was, but there was a particular barbaric uh, commandant of the camp. And when they were liberated, the commandant tried to hide in a well, you know, and and was hoping to be down there when everybody went through. But one guy saw him go in. So what he did was he told all the other POWs to come over and they started throwing rocks into this well one by one. (laughs) Oh. Until they got it filled up halfway, and then they left them in there. <laughs> wow. I thought that was, that's kind of a payback. So. Yeah. So have you uh, watched, did you watch Band of Brothers? Oh, yeah. That's Way my back. favorite war movie. Oh, so good. Yep. So well done. It, it's it's nice that you have 16 hours to do a yeah. a movie like that. But it was it was hands down my favorite war movie of all time, and, and probably the most honest honestly yep. made one. Yeah, uh, by those guys. So, I was I was going to ask this at your reunion: how many trans, and how many gays and lesbians, were there? There were no, no trans and no gays, but we are head of our class. Ooh. What do you call it? The head of the class. Yeah, uh, he's gay, and he was going to come with his husband. And uh, didn't show up. Uh, nobody knows why. He had said all along he would show up, but hmm. um, he didn't. And we do have, interestingly enough, we did have a a guy that turned into a girl. And an interesting um, story behind that is one of our other classmates was at a wedding, and she was admiring this woman's legs oh. and how you know how sturdy they were and this and that and. <laughs> She went up there and said, I, I, I just have to ask, um, did you go to our school, high school? And it said, yes, yes, I did. And she, and she said, I don't remember you from our class. And it said, that's because I was Don Long. <laughs> and, and now it was Doris. And she just kind of dropped her jaw and said, <laughs> enjoy the night. See you later. <laughs> I wonder what at what point he realized or she realized whatever I've already forgotten about her that she was in the wrong body or wanted to transition or whatever. I wonder if it was adulthood or it was adulthood. It was after high school, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, when it was done, I don't know exactly what what age it was when it did it, but yeah. um, apparently it wasn't satisfied with what it was decided to do something else so talk to me about this do you not think it's not a mental illness it's just a hundred hundred percent a hundred and fifty percent and i think we kind of touched on this with someone about the just the idea that a you're born that way because you that's right you had brought up about it being the person's choice it's not like some biological anomaly where you were born in the wrong body and whatever it's just uh today on the the matt walsh show he was talking about a report which i hadn't heard of about big pharmacy and all the drugs that they give for anti-depression and and bipolar and how as you and i have known all along it's a total scam and giving those drugs does nothing for the people except the placebo effect and it's the same thing with this nonsense the you mean the kung flu and yeah kung and flu and and the transgender and oh, all that yeah i mean right down the line it's it's all a mental disorder 
I, I don't like the fact that they don't talk about the fact that it is uh, a mental illness and they're trying to uh, make people accept it for yeah. what it is all the way down to kids. Yeah. And I, I think that is child abuse 1,000% when they do things like that. And I think that the parents uh, should be beat with baseball bats, just on the knee, just break a knee or something yeah. like that. Not, not real physical, but, but it, they're failing as parents. It's 100% failure. And they need to, if their kids are feeling a different way or whatever, they need to change it and, and help, help change it so that they don't do what they're what they want to do with their bodies. It's yeah. horrible just even thinking about it. Yeah, it, hopefully there will be some more pushback. There's got to be a straw that breaks the camel's back. But You, you, you know, you, there's a couple of people, Stacy Easter was telling me that there's a couple of it's that are out there that went through with the whole thing mm-hmm. and, were, and were now regrettable about it yeah and you don't ever hear about those people and it's something that you're you know that's it you're done you're that the rest of your life you have to put up with it so yeah um and and they're saying that it was a mental illness by doing what they did that's exactly what it is unfortunately and for being brave enough to say that i'm sure if it ever the person ever made their voice loudly enough known they would be poo-pooed and canceled and shut down and how dare you try to dissuade young men and women from changing sex and all that stuff with your i had a a a little file that i used to keep on absurd news and i just cut out clippings every once in a while that i go oh my god can it get any worse and the things that are happening nowadays uh make those things pale in comparison but there was one where a guy turns in, turned into a woman and had the you know the the breasts and all that stuff yep. and then he got cancer breast cancer oh gosh and the insurance company said we're not you know you're a guy not a girl so we're not going to insure you for what what that you know what you have there now because of what you did to your body to make you apparently have the cancer so that was really ironic to me that that uh some guy turned into a woman that had breast cancer and they said sorry you're a guy here's one other thing about about that this is i'm i'm really sick sometimes when i think about things but i thought about this the other day um would it matter to you if you found out you were raised by a woman who is not your biological mother so you were adopted and your parents either your birth parents which would obviously be out of the picture or your real well the people who raised you never told you and then you found out not through them but some some other method correct in other words uh, this actually happened with one of my neighbors her Uh her mother was raised and it was switched in the hospital accidentally i don't know or whatever, and she went with another mother and was raised by her. So wow. if you found out, if if they said, hey, Mo, uh, sorry about this, but we see in our hospital records that, that uh, you know, X amount of years ago, that wasn't your mom. She was in room 2B, not 2A, or, you know, whatever. Yep. And you were raised by another woman. Would that cause you to go, oh, I missed out on being raised by my mom, or would you say to yourself, "No problem. I was raised by a, a great woman, and yeah. uh, and it doesn't really matter." I think if if you were raised by a great woman, that would probably there there would have to be some sliver, at least, of regret or remorse or what if. But yeah, I, I think I mean who, who who's to say how you'd really react? But I. I know that that does happen on very, very rare occasions where it's that, you know, accidental. And, yeah, I think you can certainly be raised by someone. And so did the mother obviously thought that it was her child too, right? Even though Correct. it wasn't. I, I, that's yeah. what I'm assuming yeah. happened was something got screwed up and the babies got switched 
and they were raised by the other. I, I I thought about that when she told me that. Actually, it was you know a year or two ago that she said that. Yeah. And I thought if you know being raised by my mother, if if I found out that I had another mother, that other mother would be just like a somebody that I just met in life. Yeah. You know, somebody that, you know, you would meet at a party or something and, you know, hi, how are you doing type of thing. I would have no, no uh, physical, you know, uh, attachment to that person. Right. Right. Yeah. That it is interesting to uh, think about that situation or just, you know, regular kids that get adopted, which is awesome because the alternative is not. And, I'm sure the vast majority of them are totally happy with their situation. And you always hear about the ones where the mom or dad comes out of the woodworks 20 years later and tries to wreck their life or tries to make amends or whatever. But for the most part, the kids that are adopted into loving family, certainly they have it as good as everybody else, I would say, for the most part. One of my uh, great friends adopted uh, after not being able to conceive four times mm. and then they adopted and then the year later they had a child. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, everything's great about them. And, and I think the mother told this child that they were adopted and if they wanted to, you know, see what yeah. her, their mother or father was doing, good or whatever. But, um, I'm sure it was the same thing with him that yeah. it would be with me. That these are my, these are my parents, not that person right. that gave birth to me. So yeah, I, I just thought, I thought, I thought it'd be kind of weird if if that happened, and and I thought to myself, what I what would I do? And it, I'd be nothing. Be like that person is just yeah. strange to me. And you wonder and, if if the uh, what might be as interesting is if the two kids that grew up with swap parents, if they met each other knowing that their parents were really swapped, if that would have any dynamic or not. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's that's another good one. Yeah. Would you rather? Yeah, would you rather? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, man. What I, I was listening to another very good podcast today, and they were talking about, feminists sort of the original real good ones that were like you know women's rights and women voting and then what it's devolved into which is a bunch of elizabeth warren man she is she's just nutty but anyways is there a male version of a feminist serious question <laughs> um what what I, would a what would it be i'm trying to i don't i i think feminism was created, quote unquote, as I do air quotes, mm -hmm. it, uh, because of the fact that they felt that they were, uh, you know, stymied for so long for rights, right, and things like that. So what, would uh, it be just like a, a a male chauvinist pig? Would that be a male version of a feminist, or would it just be a real macho, you know, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne kind of person? I I'm trying to picture like a person who would fall under that, or maybe there is no such thing. I would say that a, a guy like Clint Eastwood, there's million, well, hundreds of thousands of people like that that have the machismo and you yeah. know, masculinity and and things personified out right. there. But I don't, I don't think it would be for a cause like the feminism stuff yeah. would have been. Because, yeah, I don't know what, what cause you would have. <laughs> yeah, other than exactly. Crush, yeah, crush. Because you would, I mean, again, if you go back to the original sort of thought of it, feminism, who are standing up for the rights of women, and basically now they're doing just the opposite. They're trying to tear the female species apart. It's just crazy. I mean, Elizabeth Warren saying that those anti-abortion clinics should be shut down and they do a terrible disservice. She's She's just... Totally whacked out. She's along the same lines as AOC. I think she's just there for uh, political fodder, yeah, and and laughter and things. She is a joke. They're both jokes with what they say, and anybody that believes them, I would be fearful of having as a neighbor. Nor would I want one. So, 
I read uh, or heard several days ago that some parents, we talked about TikTok that challenged, you you brought that up last year, that school where you had to like vandalize something or punch a teacher or whatever. Yeah. And so uh, yep. apparently there was one, I guess called the blackout challenge where you choke yourself until you pass out and see how long, I don't know if it's see how long you're passed out before you come to or see how long it takes you. And so an eight and a nine year old girl died doing oh, this. God. And so now their parents are suing TikTok, which is fine. But what sort of parents let their eight and nine year olds watch TikTok? Because the only way you can watch it is on a phone, right? That's correct. From what I so, understand. Yeah. I, 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 I can only imagine what that household was like to begin with. It's my, my in-law uh, had a very strict policy about phones and her kids, which was very good, mm -hmm. you know, to make sure she monitored and she blocked all of the crap that was on there so that they couldn't see it and do things just like that. It's, you say that to me, and, and again, I go, how, how can it get any worse? How can it get any worse? Eight-year-olds choking themselves? I mean, can you do that? Can you choke yourself till you pass out? Apparently, it's a thing. It's so sad, and I'm sort of glad they're suing them, but the idea, again, that their eight- and nine-year-olds have their own phones, I assume, unless they're watching on their parents' phones, which I doubt. I don't know. when. Do you remember uh, when your uh, kids got phones, when you let them have phones? I, I was trying to think. Ours were probably at least... Well, I mean, cell phones were not really even a, a big thing, but at least 14, 15, 16, something like that, when like they were going to be out and if, you know, they were out after school and they had to call you if they needed a ride or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was 13 and it was for that exact reason. And back then the, you didn't have TikTok or yep. any of that kind of crap that was on there. Otherwise we would have, we would have blocked that stuff too. They were phones. Yeah, back then, basically, and then you could. I I don't even. Could you even text when phones Not, came out? I don't think I don't, so. I, I I don't think so either. Because uh, I remember they had like the phone plans where you got so many minutes. Yes. And then when text came out, you could get like you know, an hour of talking or forty texts or something like that. But I yeah I don't know how soon. That would have been really before smartphones, because smartphones is what ushered in all of the video and everything else. Exactly. But exactly. There's always a price to pay for innovation, I guess. Yeah, big time. I understand the guy that, what was the uh, thing on the phone? I don't even, uh, Instagram or something? Yeah. He yeah. created that with another guy to, to make it um, addictive. To kids, yeah, yeah. So you know what they did, and you know the response, and and what they could do. He said they specifically did that so that kids would get hooked on it, and I guess that's how he made his money. I don't know. You know, I I wonder that myself, and I thought about that with um, Pelosi, and mm. when when her when her husband ran into that vineyard worker and crashed through the fence and hit him and did whatever and was supposedly with another woman you know the first thing she probably thought about was you know damage control yeah you know not about what he did who he was with or who he hurt it was damage control and that's all that was and will be because i think in two weeks we're gonna they're gonna hope it's old news by then and it, well you know mr pelosi um yeah just pay this thousand dollar fine and well, uh, you'll, you'll be fine. And he just invested all that in some sort of computer chip companies right before Congress was going to vote on some law. And yeah, five million shares yeah. or whatever it was. It's like yeah. people don't stop to think that these people are our servants and they were supposed to only be paid, you know, 100 yeah. grand, 120 grand a year to do that. And they all become multi-millionaires in two years. It's all corruption. 
It's yeah. all corruption. Speaking about corrupt, give for for people, assuming you know the history, I, I mean, I know some of it, and this just occurred to me, give people the, the story in the nutshell about Ted Kennedy and Chappaquiddick, because that, and the reason I thought of that is how differently do you think that would play out in the media today? I think it would be, I think it would play out exactly the same way it did back then. Back then, when that happened, that was that was pretty big stuff, and you never heard much about it mm-hmm. at, at all. Uh, Mary Jo Kopicnik or something was yep. the woman that he murdered when he drove off the bridge and, and left her to drown in the car. And, you, I, I mean, do you remember ever hearing much about that? I don't. Not at the time, certainly. Just later, it's like little bits come out, and it's like, what? But right. I, I mean, he was never convicted of anything or even like drunk driving or was he ever censured or anything in the Senate or. I never heard that he paid anything about that murder that he did there. It's a, it, and and this, the other thing that you have to think about is, is that he got away with murder when that happened, Literally. you know, with with it not going to trial or anything like that. Then what happens is the next political person that does something close to that or even that goes, he got away with it. We got people that will fix this. We'll go ahead and do this. I know Killary has um, mm-hmm. probably got a couple of things on her hands that caused people to expire. My wife keeps saying a day of reckoning is coming based on the podcast she listens to and you may listen to some of the same ones, but it can't come quick enough. I'm counting the days, and uh, they that that red wave that red wave better come. And I'm yeah. telling you what, the people that are watching the votes this time, if they don't do their job, they're the ones that should pay for, you know, them stealing the election if they try to do it. I don't think they would be that brazen, but you know, who knows in today's world. Yeah. If they wouldn't just say, hey, we'll do it every time now. They see it coming. Yeah, I know. That's the scary thing. Yeah. they, they and, and, and they're talking about people that are trying to run for president when uh, Biden dies before he, his term is up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all the every single one of them are losers. They're losers. They, their states have failed 100 mm-hmm. percent. They're lunatics. It's another thing I don't get is why is everyone saying that everyone's afraid of AOC? She's an absolute joke. If I was in politics, I'd like to go over and and just to get a laugh, talk to her. But she certainly wouldn't scare me. She's a joke. On the on the news programs that I was listening to for a while, they were saying that you know they got to be careful that AOC has all of this power that that they're afraid to go against whatever she says. And I'm thinking she's a 100% joke. She's an absolute, uh, she's fodder for the, for the news stations because she's such an idiot. She doesn't know what she's talking about half the time she's doing that. So why is everyone afraid of her? I've, I've heard that same sort of thing. And I don't know if they're afraid that people are stupid enough that, they think, I don't know, I, I mean, people can't be that stupid. I don't know if she could win anything more than her congressional race, if she even is winning that, or if that's being rigged also. it's. I don't know if she appeals to the average Democrat or just the crazy leftists or whatever. You heard, did you hear that, that I don't know if he's a reporter and he was like saying, Oh, even though she kills babies, she's got a great booty or something like that. Did you hear that recording? Oh, it was so funny. Uh, no, I forgot. I forgot who it was. She he was like, at first he was saying how much he was somewhere and she was nearby. So he was shouting out, Oh, Eos, I love you. I love you. And then he started going, even though you kill babies, you got a great booty. And, <laughs> And, of course, she was totally offended and thought the police should come and arrest him. Like they didn't so. do to her when she was uh, rioting the other day? Yeah. She's, 
Oh my god. That was gosh. a setup. I mean, you, you know that from a mile away. If it wasn't, those cops should yep. be fired for what they did. Yeah. And I heard she was saying that, well, even though I wasn't cuffed, it's always good practice to keep your hands behind your back when you're when you're you know when the police are there. And Matt Walsh goes, yeah, that's a that's what the police always say. They don't say raise your hands. They say put them behind your backs where we can't see them. Oh, what a total ditz! I'd love to see her take an IQ. Yeah, test. that'd be great. It's uh, I'd I'd pay to see that with her sitting down and them asking. <laughs> Or just simple questions that uh, her right. you, you were saying that that maybe her election was rigged. If there's any place in America that you could rig election, it would be in her constituents area because they are almost a hundred percent drug addicts and ne'er do wells there. So they they may just go in and say you're elected for as long as you want to be here. It doesn't matter. I mean, those people those people aren't going to go vote, for one thing. And the people that legitimately would go vote don't live there. So um, I think I need to do that. I think I need to go to some place that, like maybe some distant farm area, you know, where people aren't that interested in voting and, yeah. and get in yep. and get elected and start saying things like she does. Just rate yeah. the system. Yeah. When do you turn on your air conditioner in your house? At what temperature? Do you, and is it a battle between you and your spouse, or do you pretty we, much agree? We pretty much agree, and I do not turn it off. I do not, do turn, not it turn it off. off. When it's like uh, we've had, uh, you know, weeks worth of really hot weather, it stays on twenty four seven. Yep. Oh, absolutely, it does. And at what, what temperature do you have it at? Wow, <laughs> seventy-three. Ours oh, is seventy-eight. Oh, that's what it is outside, isn't it? <laughs> well, so that's a, a bone of contention. I can speak freely because she's out of town. But it's like it's it's set at seventy-eight. So you've got temperature, you've got wind, you've got relative humidity, and as soon as I mean, not a hundred percent of the time, but as soon as it drops below the temperature that the air is set at. It's like, oh, we got to open the windows because it's cool outside. But as you say, especially when it's hot and then humid, even it may only be 72 degrees, but if the humidity is 90 or 95%, it's just not going to no, turn out well. No, It used to be that at night, uh, I mean, my spouse didn't want air conditioning until three years ago. I, yeah, she said, I do not want air conditioning. I like to have the windows open. I said, but honey, I'm outside in that crap all day long. And then I got to come home to a house that feels like it's outside all day long when it's 90, yeah. 88 yeah. degrees. Now, I like warm weather, but I also like to be cool occasionally. I don't want to become delirious right. from lack of uh, perspiration. So, uh, <laughs> So what one or over? Just your persistent. Memory? I think uh, probably that, and the fact that we had to because we had to get a new furnace, the air conditioning unit would have been oh. a lot cheaper when we got that. So we we did it all at once, yeah. and I think she's very grateful that that we do have it now, uh, as opposed to back then. As you get older, you know these these hot days start to wear on you a little bit. So. Um, become yeah. delusional and things like that. Hmm. So when you open a bag of chips, like a party size, not an individual serving, do you pour them? Well, first of all, if you're eating them yourself and you've just opened a new bag, do you pour it in a bowl or do you eat? Out I of eat the out bag? of the bag, and I'll tell you why. It's because when I okay. when I open the bag and I look in there, I look for the curled chips. I like yep. to eat the ones that are curled over, and I like to eat the ones that aren't broken. So by the time I'm done eating them, my spouse can have all those bits and pieces that are left down at the bottom. Uh, so if you're sharing, do you still eat them out of the bag? Like if you're sitting on the couch watching a movie no, or something? I, they're mine until I'm done with them. I, yeah, I don't go, really? here, honey, have a few chips. It's like... When I'm done and I'm full here, now you can eat. 
what there are of the non-curled <laughs> chips that are in there because I ate them all. There's a whole, I don't know if it's a philosophy or psychology, when you open a bag of chips, you immediately eat all of the best ones as opposed to eating the crumbs so you'll have the good yes. ones Yes, well, I don't, it must be, because that's exactly what I do. I am kind of psychosis with that, so uh, um, that's what I look for, the whole ones and the curled yeah. ones. Curled ones first, whole ones second. I do that when they send it to me in the restaurant. I eat the curled ones first. <laughs> how about, do you eat the crumbs? Or how, how small does the piece have to be before you just throw it out or just poop Actually, it? to tell you the truth, last night I finished a bag of chips <laughs> that had all the crumbs in it. And what I do is I, I straighten yep. out the bag and then I, I pour it yep. down into my mouth, all the little, little bit. There's okay. nothing goes to waste. Nothing. I'm like a white shark right. and a seal. Nothing no, goes good. to waste. <laughs> and so even though you have a disproportionate amount of salt, it doesn't really No, nothing, you. as I've said in past podcasts, I think because I drink my share of Coke, that kind of helps my, right. my digestive system. I, I'm like a tiger shark. Oh, I found a license plate in this tiger shark, you know. It'll eat anything. I, I'll eat almost anything that's not an organ on an animal. And, and it doesn't disagree with me. I don't put power wow. in food. It's yep, fuel. It's fuel. Exactly. That's all it is. I don't go, oh, my God, I had, I had two servings of chips. Now, you know, I've got to go run a mile to get all that sodium out of me. No, I'll drink a can of Coke, and it'll take care of all that. It's good. <laughs> oh, and you've probably never, never counted calories. Never. Never in my life. So, uh, a classmate at our reunion <laughs> was doing was doing uh -oh. uh, some kind of a Weight Watchers thing with his phone, and you get points for it or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> he likes his beer, so he kept adding a few points <laughs> each time he'd crack open another beer. That's that's the kind of diet I would be on if it's uh. You know, you have so much. Do you ever realize the serving of those Weight Watchers portions? Oh, They're, yeah. They say it's like your fist, that kind of a portion. No more than a fist right. of whatever. I've never eaten anything in my life that was the size of a fist or smaller, if there was, if there was yeah. that much food there. Yeah, when you see a serving size on, a, on for instance, a bag of chips or pretzels or wheat thins or triscuits and it's like 14 triscuits or whatever it is and those are always about half or a third of what the typical person eats i'm sure i i don't i don't look at any of that the, the sodium the sugar i really don't give a i really don't <laughs> you know i'll just eat it and when i'm done you know i'm satisfied so when you going back to the bag of chips if you have a a hearty sized bag, you obviously have the discipline and self-control just to not hammer a whole big bag of chips. And when you're full, you just clip it up or pass it on. And uh, if ahead. it's a new one and I open it up, I'll probably eat the equivalent of maybe, maybe two and a half of those single servings of potato chips. Yeah. That you see in there. Yeah. Probably maybe two and a half. But then again, I won't maybe go back the next day at that bag of chips. I might wait two or three days and do something else. Right. I have a very poor diet, a very poor diet. And if anything ever happened to me that I had to pick and choose what I could eat, I would just say, yeah. get the coffin ready because I ain't doing it. <laughs> Life is too short and you only go around three times. So I want it to be good each time. Well, I've got one more thing, but I haven't given you much opportunity. Well, you've you've spoken, but I haven't given you too many topic openings. I don't know when this really sunk in. I think it, maybe it was just the other day when it, it reminded me. But how long has it been since those multimillionaire athletes, basketball, mostly basketball and baseball, they win a championship and the first thing they do is they go into the locker room and they put on goggles 
before they open champagne. <laughs> I have You've seen that, right? I have. Yeah. That is the saddest. The, at first, I thought it was a joke, but I mean, were there that many injuries or what? What in the world? I I think maybe when somebody popped a champagne cork, they might have gotten injured. I don't know. Uh, it could have been, but they they do really look stupid when they do that. Gosh. And, and I don't I don't know. The, the athletes, somebody will come up with something really stupid, and then you know, like that one where they would run and jump and bump their chest instead of slapping your hands. Yeah. You yeah. look like an idiot when you do that. You don't you don't need to do that. You're a grown person, not an eight year old. It's like George Carlin said, don't wear your baseball cap backwards unless you're eight years old or less, because you'll look like an idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought of that chest bump, but that's, uh, that's an well, odd you, thing. They're always looking for something I wonder, new, you know? Why? Yeah. Why? Slap your hand, shake your hand, yeah. do whatever. You know what's going to stun me? Is when somebody hits a home run in professional baseball, they come around the bases, and they shake hands with the guy that's next up to bat. I'm going to go, what just happened? Something civil. They shook hands. Nothing barbaric, you know. Do you remember when high fives, when we were little, were high fives a thing? I don't think they were. Not when we were little. I think when we were, I think when I was an early teenager, um, I, I'm not sure... But I keep thinking that there was a Houston Oilers football guy, and I think his name was Ron Johnson or something, that came up with a hand yeah, slap. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I should, yeah, you should look that up yeah. and see. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a pat on the back or a handshake. And even in families, was your – did <laughs> I probably know the answer to this because I know with my dad – were, was your dad and even mom much of a hugger or was it more, more of a handshake? handshake? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, with other people, you mean? Absolutely, it was a handshake. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. How about at your reunion? Was it mostly handshakes or was no, it more it hugs? No, it was hugs uh, for most of the people that I saw with the interaction. They all hugged each other, which is uh -huh. probably why they all came up with a summer cold when they left, you know, because they were all hugging. Yeah. Nobody, I didn't see anyone kiss, but uh, yeah. they all hugged. Sure. Yeah. So how about, was the breakdown about half and yeah. half men and women? I would women? say, yeah, roughly, roughly. Yeah, it was just about half and half, I would say. Maybe a few more guys than girls, but there were quite a few girls there. And, and only yeah. three of them, came, four of them came with spouses. The rest of them came singly. Okay. So, I don't know how much of a social butterfly you are. I can't picture you being a huge one. But are you one to go up and give someone a big hug, or just like say, "Hey, how's it going?" And start. I won't go up and and hug anybody unless they they approach me for a hug. I won't do that. I'll give them a yeah. handshake or a fist bump if it's a girl or something. I would never never right. presume that they would want me to go up and hug them. When they're, they may want to hug me after I talk to them because I'm so personable, but beforehand, yeah. no, I would never do that. And you? Okay. Pretty much the same, unless, I mean, if someone comes up and like has got their arms out and like is ready to give you a bear hug or something like that. But yeah, initiating it is always kind of awkward for me. You don't want them to reject you if you're doing it. <laughs> that that <laughs> would be very true. awkward if that happened. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, most people hugged at the at the reunion, and and what would you say the uh, the the condition, the shape, athletically, health wise? I mean, were most people fit and trim, or super obese, or somewhere in the, the middle? The three guys that I went with, one was a uh, was a Hall of Fame, uh, my high school Hall of Fame athlete. He's He's absolutely mm -hmm. the same weight he was in high school, I think. What the other wow. guy, uh, I think he had the most tackles on the football team in high school. He's the same as he was, wow. and our quarterback was 
was the one that was trying to control his beer drinking and oh, had kind yeah. of a problem with his midsection. But he admitted it freely okay. and made but not jokes like, about it. So, yeah, not like three hundred pounds or yeah, probably like not. that. He, he's okay. six four and he's got uh, oh wow, he's got so a nice midriff on him. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But most he's people got... at my reunion were in in fairly decent shape. Yeah, I mean, That's surprisingly, good. now that you say that, and I look back on it, uh, yeah, most yeah. of the people. Uh, the guy that put it on uh, <laughs> could rival the quarterback as far as bellies. But, again, yeah. he makes fun of it and knows he has it. And right. When he said when we're done with the reunion, he's going to do a Tibetan uh, exercise program. Uh, you know, so What's you know, that? The, from Tibet in the mountains there. Yeah. Oh, Tibet. And, you know, he's, and he told yeah. me all about it. You spin 26 times with your arms out, and then you do a half monkey crawl and – and this and that. And I thought, God, you know, good for you. You know, good luck on that. Yeah, I'll come back in three months and see how that worked out for you. And it'll be yeah. exactly the same. Yeah, that's, that's what all the Weight Watchers, I mean, if if everyone were successful, they'd go out of exactly. business. Exactly, exactly. And you say Weight Watchers, and strangely enough, I hope this doesn't give him away, but our quarterback's dad married the lady that started Weight Watchers. Yeah. Wow. Sophie Branoff, I think, was her name. And his dad married her for a short period of time. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Let's just call it success once again. Thank everyone for listening. We've got... Uh, some more special guests coming up, no doubt, in the near future. But in the meantime, share, like, subscribe, and come on back to the right angle. That was easy. <laughs>